So where the story does begin is COVID times and me happening upon a Dwell Magazine article with Den A-Frames splashed across the page and their plans for $99. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. Hey, friend. So I want to get real with you for just a quick second here, okay? So my wife and I decided it was time to take a risk and for me to leave my day job as head of growth at a marketing agency and go all in on Spontaneous and the Behind the Stays podcast. This is both incredibly exciting and also terrifying. Um, it's exciting because it means I'll have way more time to make the show better and to spin up new products and services designed to help you grow your hospitality brands and short-term rental businesses. And it's terrifying because I'm saying goodbye to a nice paycheck and health benefits and 401k match and yada yada. Oh, and did I mention that we just had a kid who's just two months old? Yeah, it's been a it's been an exciting time. Okay, so here's here's the ask, all right? In order to grow the show and increase the value of the content we create, we need the support of our advertising partners. Now, trust me, I know how tempting it is to just skip through podcast ads. I feel you and I'm a culprit too, okay? But it would mean the world to me if you could take just 60 seconds to write an email to the guesty team or DM them on social media and just thank them for being a behind the stage sponsor. Perhaps you have a PMS system already or perhaps your short-term rental business is just getting started and you you don't need one of the dozens of incredible features and offers that their software provides. And that's all a-okay. But if you just take a quick second to thank them for being a sponsor on the show, what you're really doing is you're really saying, hey, I like the show. Thank you for helping it continue. And thank you for making Zach uh, be able to spend more time making the show even better for us. So this will also just help uh, prove to my wife that this quote unquote podcasting thing can be more than just a hobby. So if you don't mind pausing the episode that you're listening to right now and scrolling down to the show notes to find Guesty's social handles and their marketing team's email address and shooting them just a quick message, thanking them for advertising on the Behind the Stays podcast, I would be so grateful. All right, folks, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Now on to the show. In just a moment, you'll meet Janice Steitzer, the creator of the Backcountry A-Frame in Kremlin, Colorado. One afternoon, Janice was flipping through a Dwell magazine when she stumbled upon a piece about a new startup called Den, which was selling architectural plans for some of the most beautiful cabins that she had ever seen. Janice was so impressed by the gorgeous Den designs, particularly their designs for A-frames, that right then and there, she decided it was time to put her dream of building a short-term rental from the ground up to life. In this podcast, Janice shares her story of how she was first inspired to build an A-frame Airbnb, the challenges she faced during the process, and then Janice and I dive deep into the topic of budgeting for a new A-frame build and discuss the actual costs of what it takes to build an A-frame near Rocky Mountain National Park. All right, without further ado, get ready to meet Janice. All right, Janice. We are live. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Zach. How are you? I'm doing excellent. I um, am really excited to 
to be chatting with you. I, I'm trying to remember. Actually, I think we connected on Instagram. I think I was just like scrolling through like beautiful like A-frames on Instagram or something like that, and I stumbled upon your A-frame, and I think I, I reached out to you there, and then and then we got like reconnected through our mutual friends at at Den. So I um I've been excited for this conversation for a few weeks now, and I'm really just thrilled to get the opportunity to chat with you, hear a little bit more about your story. And of course, the story behind uh, Backcountry A-Frame. And you just told me right before we we went live here that you were recently on uh, a Bigger Pockets podcast. Um, and so you are a pro. And I want to, I guess, hear a little bit about how that experience uh, was, because I think you're the very first guest I've had on this podcast who has been on a show of of that scale. Yeah, I mean, it just. It popped up only because I, if you guys know Rob Abasolo of Raw Built, he is actually one of my mentors. Oh, and cool. he, yes. And if you all don't know, Bigger Pockets was actually started in Denver. So they are headquartered in Denver. And so they did have um, the, some sort of event happening and they decided to bring all of their hosts to one central location and record in person. Wow. So yeah, because I am based in Denver, Colorado, Rob reached out to me and they wanted to have someone local there at, to interview and just talk talk shop about real estate, Airbnb. And um, yeah, that just kind of threw me in there and it was a great experience. Wow. Wow, very very cool. I love I love stories like that, and uh, you know it, it's one of the things I think that makes this industry so fun is there's this. Um, I, I do feel like everyone's trying to help everyone out, right? Everyone's tr- you know everyone cares about like elevating the work that everyone is everyone else is doing, which is just really cool because you don't you don't find that in a lot of industries. So that's a great story. That's awesome. Um, and yeah, I I I don't know Rob at all, but I have followed him for, you know, the last couple of years and watched, I don't know, way too many of his YouTube videos. So he's a great guy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that he, he kind of put short-term rentals on the map yeah. really of when he started and how far he's come. So I think he's a, he's a big inspiration to me and, um, he's impacted the, the short-term rental world. Yeah, yeah, no, and if you don't know uh, Rob or if you haven't uh, watched any of his very well-produced videos, we'll go ahead and drop a link to his YouTube channel in the show notes so you can just check it out and uh, understand a little bit more about what Janice and I are, are talking about. He's just done some some fantastic work. Um, but enough about Rob, <laughs> Janice, let's talk about you. So I, I want to hear where where the story of the Backcountry A-Frame actually begins. So where the story does begin is COVID times okay, and me happening upon a Dwell Magazine article with Den A-Frames splashed across the page and their plans for $99. Wow. And their image was just so impactful. And... I mean, of course, during COVID, we were all longing to to get out, to to be somewhere where we were still by ourselves, but back into nature and just being able to, you know, get out of our homes. Yeah. And when I saw that article, I just said, you know, I have to have that. <laughs> I have to figure out a way to get that. 
Wow. Um, and then they just had, they did, I, I believe that was their initial launch, right? I, from your, your interview with him, he, he, he rebranded and Den was the rebrand and well showcased the brand. And from there it took off. Yeah. Um, we, we purchased the land a month after that magazine article. Wow. That's, that's how, yeah, that's how impactful it was. Wow. Um, I'm sure, yeah, so, I'm sure Den's marketing team is like, just going to love when they hopefully, you know, I don't know if anyone listened to the podcast, but if they do, th- this, this is like the greatest testimonial ever. Like, and it, it, you weren't even influenced off of Instagram. You were influenced off of like a spread in a dwell, you know, magazine and, and Dan is featured in that. And that's what inspires you to not just like, you know, purchase a, a, a Dan design, but actually like hop into the short-term rental and hospitality space. That is, that is a phenomenal story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it might've been just spon- spontaneous, <laughs> spontaneous. <laughs> it was there. I mean, it was just this gut reaction and it, and you know, at the time it was, it was $99 for one of the plans and it was one of the smaller plans, but you know, it was, it was just this moment of like, yeah, why can't I do it? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I think there is this intention of uh, a, a movement towards very intentional living and their plans are just so well thought out smaller footprints. You know, we've been in this consumption era yeah. era of McMansions and I mean, there's, it's beautiful, gorgeous homes, farmhouses, all of that, yeah. but just there's something so, um, I don't know, just there's this peacefulness that comes from the thought of intentional living. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and that's that's so well said. There are three questions that I get asked all the time by listeners of Behind the Stays. Number one, Zach, are you trying to imitate Guy Raz from NPR's interview style? Number two, Zach, do you really spend a dozen hours each week looking for the best Airbnb deals? And number three, Zach, is Guesty for Hosts really worth checking out? Well, friends, the answer to all three of these questions is, of course, yes. While there are many property management softwares on the market, I always encourage our listeners to check out Guesty for Hosts. Guesty's channel manager centralizes reservations across Airbnb, Verbo, and Booking.com to stay on top of your listings without having to hop back and forth between channels. Guesty's automation tools enable you to connect with guests in a meaningful, creative, and instant fashion. And Guesty's new and improved website builder allows you to create your own branded booking website in just minutes, which allows you to grow your brand and increase your direct bookings. And finally, Guesty is positioned well to grow with you. As your business grows, you can grow with Guesty for Pros by unlocking new features and offerings designed for larger portfolios. So here's the deal. If you're an STR host without a PMS system or a host looking at exploring a new one, I've got a treat for you. The team at Guesty is giving Behind the Stays listeners and spontaneous subscribers $20 off an annual or monthly plan for Guesty for hosts when they use the discount code SPONTANEOUS when signing up for a free 14-day trial. There's no credit card required. There's no setup fee. Uh, there's no commitment. So try it out and cancel anytime if you don't love it. Guesty for hosts. They're the bestie of top-rated STR super hosts. All right, folks. 
back to the show. I do think, uh, you know, I'm sure people have thought about this uh, much, much longer and 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 deeper than than I have. But as you're as you're just talking, Janice, the thought that comes to my mind is short-term rentals and and really sort of like this this movement we're seeing in hospitality right now. It, it actually can act as this like vehicle through which people, your average person, can be introduced to a lifestyle, right, to to a space. Um, that that is incredibly intentional design, intentionally designed. So much so that it might actually change the way they live when they go back home, right? Like I'm thinking about my own behavior yes, when I go. Like, yes, I go to a space and it's so well designed. You have exactly what you need, but nothing more than you need, right? And right. And the space is small, but there's something about it that like you really want to respect and honor because it's small. Like you can't just throw a bunch of crap somewhere, right? Um, and, right I, and I do right. wonder if if to your point, like this this moment in hospitality is actually going to yield a change in consumer behavior when when folks go back home. So I don't know. I don't know. There's probably some research well, it, out there. It does, it does introduce them to it. I, I think people are curious about it. And yeah. I mean, even you scroll through YouTube, I mean, at least my YouTube feed, tiny homes. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, get, they're getting millions of views. And I think people are, are curious uh, is, does that lifestyle work for me? Or, you know, my, my footprint, my living footprint does not necessarily need to, to look like what my parents are living in now. Yeah. Um, and especially, you know, the, it's, it's the affordability factor yeah. as well. So, um, yeah, that, that's where it started. And I just went full force with it and, um, honed in on a piece of land that, really we didn't go into it thinking okay this is going to be geared only for short-term rentals yeah. we we want to experience it the way we want to experience it yeah. so it's that country it's it's a piece of property that allows for us to keep our horses we have two horses oh wow um my yes, my husband's a, an avid outdoorsman, and this particular area—it's uh, Kremlin, Colorado. It's known as the sportsman's paradise. Wow! So um, yes, it, it is. It it is definitely backcountry. It's just not the name of you know what we decided to name the A-frame. Um, we have Bluebird Backcountry that's in the same area, and they do backcountry skiing. They they introduce people to the um, they train people how to backcountry ski. If you're interested in you know learning about how to, I'm not I don't do it, but they teach people how if they want to do it on their own. Safety courses they have. Um, it's not your typical resort. Yeah. Yeah. Where you, you, you have to hike back to where you're going to ski. So it, this it's hardcore stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's, it's, it's for, for the serious adventurers. Um, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I kind of, I say that it's a, it, it's an adventure retreat because mm. the people who love to adventure, they also want to come back to something that is, a little bit more luxurious and just, you know, a a nice place to be. Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And I think 
I think being able to cross those two, right? Like that's that's where I think the magic happens in the space when you can be fully immersed in this beautiful natural setting, but have all the all the like lux amenities that you want on the inside, right? Uh, you it, it almost helps you, or at least I'll just speak for myself. It helps me appreciate uh, the outside even more, right? Like what exactly. I, I can appreciate exactly. it from like a beautiful sofa with like a nice like you know fire pit or whatever, and and then look out, right? Um, you know, especially after like a, a, a long day of a traversing, day. of traversing exactly. the mountains. <laughs> uh, that's great. So, so Janice, like, what? Tell us a little bit more about you. So, you clearly, like, I was scrolling through your all's photos, and I mean, it's your your place is like impeccably like designed. It's it's very well thought out. It's it's furnished like beautifully. Like to, to what we were just talking about a, a second ago. It's got this, uh, these are, I, I'm not a designer, so please forgive me, but it's got this like luxurious, like minimalist feel to it. Like it's got everything that I think that you need that, or that you might expect that you need. Um, and, but, but again, nothing, nothing more than that. You haven't cramped out the space at all, which is just, uh, which is great. I love when folks don't overcrowd spaces, especially smaller spaces. So you clearly have an eye for design. You clearly have an eye for hospitality. But like, where? What did you want to be when you grew up? Like, did you think that you would be doing this uh, when, well, when you were a that's kid? That's a funny question because you know when I was in high school and the conversation did come up for what I potentially want to go to school for. Yeah, my parents had a lot of the control of, because if they were going to be paying for my education, they would have to approve of what I went to school for. <laughs> and, um, I threw out architecture. No, let me, let me back up here. I actually threw out interior design. First. Okay. Okay. And then my father said, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> I'm going to design short-term <laughs> rentals, dad. <laughs> <laughs> So that was pretty much a hard no. I'm yeah. not going to pay for that. I don't, and you know, at 18, 17, 18, how could I justify at this point? I mean, maybe I had an entrepreneur mindset, but in the making, but I just, you know, he's basically asking me for a business plan. Yeah. I had no idea how to present that at 17. <laughs> so then I moved on. I'm like, oh, well, maybe um, architecture would be a more honorable major to go into same question. What are you going to do with that? Yeah. And, um, so that didn't work out. Either. So what did you study? I ended, up, I ended up going into finance. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so this brings it into almost a full circle moment okay. of, I found my way into architecture and development and development and interior design this way. Yeah. A very long journey back to where I originally really had like, this is what I want to do. Hmm. But you know, you know, what's kind of cool about that, Janice is I feel like a lot of people that come into this space, like they're, they're creative types. They've got this vision. They, they might even be interior designers, right. Uh, by, by trade. And where, where oftentimes like they, they can struggle is, is on the business side of things, right? Like is, is right. like, how do I develop like a solid business plan for, for what I'm trying right. to build? And in a you know roundabout way, like you might even be uh, you know more equipped. Uh, you might have even been more equipped as you started this particular journey to do what you've done because you ended up studying finance sure. and, and not no, design. No, <laughs> I I fully agree with that. I think that you know my journey, I my journey is my journey, and yes, the the scariest part of a lot of this is the financial piece to it. Yeah, because. 
it's not like you're walking into something where it's producing income right away. Yep. You have to, the timeline is fairly long and we'll go over that, but um, it was essentially two years. Wow. Wow. So yeah. And, and there, there's many reasons behind it, namely COVID, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but the typical build process does take a long time in the sense of you have a lot of pre-construction stuff, permitting, permitting, um, and submittals that you would have to, to do and yeah. wait on the municipalities to approve until you really start getting your first, uh, shovel in the ground. Yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah, two years of no income. And that's why I say when people contact me, they, they're looking to build something and they're also looking to get into the short-term rental market. Yeah. I'm saying, look at both, look at land because you have probably nine months of pre-construction application stuff that you have to take care of. And if you can take something down and put it on the market and start renting it out short term, midterm, you're already producing cash flow there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. That's a really, really good point. Cause I think that we can, you know, be a little bit idealistic and think like, oh, well, like I don't want to do that because I want to build something from the ground up on like the perfect, you know, piece of land that I have yet to find. And then, you know, when when reality sets in, if you have to be willing to essentially go you know, 15, 18, 24 months without, without any revenue coming from that. And, you know, once you do the math there, it might not be as accessible as as you think it is at the, at the offset. Right. Yeah. And that's just realistically speaking. Um, Because if you don't even have the piece of land, it, I, I know that's like the biggest hurdle for a lot of people is finding the right piece of land. Um, And then the due diligence process behind all of that too. So, you know, I always tell people have multiple, I call them buy boxes hmm. where you're tracking, you're just tracking individual markets and you know exactly what, when something does come up, you just know it. Yeah. And yeah. Um, that's kind of how I stumbled upon my piece of land. I was actually studying that market for a little while um, and, when and you knew say, right away. Go uh, ahead. I was just gonna say, when you, when you say studying the market, Jan, it's just because you know, you, you clearly took like a very like uh, intentional uh, uh, approach to all of this. Uh, wh- what did that look like? Like give it, give us just a couple examples of like what that looked like. Cause I think that there's a lot of people listening into this conversation who, who want to do something like you've done. Um, and, and again, just might not actually have the the training or, 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 or the, or the know-how. So when you say studying a market, wh- what were a couple things that you were doing, free, you know, quite frequently? Sure. So, um, I set up what I call buy boxes and they, they're markets that I track to see how quickly inventory is moving and what pops up, how long it takes to, to pe- go pending or into escrow and then tracking it until it closes. Hmm. So that really tells me a lot about that micro market and micro markets are, can be, maybe like a mile radius, they could be a three block radius. So uh, where the A-frame is, um, it's a it's a larger market that I was tracking just because it spreads into 
an area that I have a di- another short-term rental. Okay. And that's closer to Rocky Mountain National Park. It's near lakes. So I, I knew that on a broader scale and then individually by the towns. Yeah. So every single day I would it religiously Zillow would be where I would track them. Yeah. I would check in takes maybe 10 minutes at the most to check in, have my favorites that I'm definitely tracking and then having the, my buy boxes to see what, what's new on the market, what went pending, what had price reductions and what got taken off the market. Yeah. That's basically how I study the market. Wow. And, and, and yeah, without even having to have a real estate license, (laughs) everything is all out there these days. And how are, how are you like perform? So you're tracking all of this, right? And then like, do you have specific, like, are you, are you of the mindset that you go in with some specific kind of like KPIs, right? Or, okay, Hey, uh, I need like, did you like, I, I guess what I'm saying is there are a couple of people, there are a couple of different ways to approach this, right? One, one way to approach it is you go in with ver- a very specific list of criteria, right? And it's really just about waiting, right? Until a place emerges that meets all of those, all of those requirements versus going in, studying the market, trying to make sense of how things work and then sort of coming up with your, your list of requirements to understand what, what is a good deal, right. Or, or what makes sense for you. So path A or path B, like, like how, how did you approach it? Um, I approached it from a point of view that the markets that I look at, I, Look at either oversaturation potentially. Yep. And um, for instance, the the other short term rental I have, it's it's on Lake Granby. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that particular Lake Granby, Grand Lake, uh, that particular area. You're ten minutes from Rocky Mountain National Park. I'm giving away my secrets right now. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> that's what podcasts but, are. Uh, that's what it's all about, right? <laughs> sharing, sharing is caring. Um, <laughs> so you may notice that there are not very many hotels around. Yeah, and um, that's a big deal hmm. because from a short-term rental standpoint, you don't have that. Hotels are still going to be your competition. Yep. So from that, from the short-term rental standpoint, when you don't have, you eliminate or there, it just doesn't exist. That competition doesn't exist. So, um, and there's a reason behind why hotels aren't there is because there, the infrastructure is not there to support large hotels. You may have, you know, decent size motels. You might have decent size, kind of like mom and pop. Yeah. Cabin sites. But there's for the most part, there's the infrastructure is not there specifically for water. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So everything in that area is on a well for the most part. Um, Grand Lake, the downtown historic Grand Lake, they do have infrastructure. I have no idea how they have infrastructure all the way there, but not along the way. Hmm. So yeah. So, and then at the end of the day, it has to be somewhere I personally want to be. Yeah. Yeah. Hey guys, it's Zach. If you're enjoying this episode, could you do me two very quick favors? First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. 
It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. I, I've, I've been talking to more and more folks recently that seem to you know, do, do a good job at studying certain markets. They find an opportunity, they jump in, but then you ask them like, oh, well, do you ever go there? And, and they're like, oh, no, 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 like this is just an investment, right? And I think what's funny, to at least to me, right, is that people that are specifically in the short-term rental space, in, in my mind, if you, if you want to stick around here, if you want to be in here for, for the longer haul, you're, you're, you know, you're absolutely in the real estate investment business, but you're really in the hospitality business, right? Like this is oh, a service sure. that you are providing. And if you don't want to go to the place that you have a short-term rental in, like what does that say? Like you, you're clearly right. not designing that place for people like you then, right? Like, or, or others, or others that might be interested, others that might run in the same circles as you want, you'd run into, uh, or uh, that you run with. But like, it's just so funny to me that like there, I feel like there is like this one narrative that's out there right now where it's all just about like the market that makes the most sense as opposed to the market that makes sense that I also like vacationing in. Exactly. Why not? I mean, there's a huge benefit because you ju- you get to visit and a part of the whole experience is that you can share you can share your own experiences. Hmm while you're there, give, give guests little tips of where to go to eat or, oh, well, this is a little spot that is pretty much unknown because the area can still get touristy, but there's little pockets of places to hike nearby. Um, so you have to experience it yourself as a guest. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. So, okay. So you, you very diligently, approach this this buying process you find this 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 plot of land you uh again are are inspired based off of a a design a a den design that you see and dwell it takes a couple years to get things all up and running but what at at what point do you open and i guess actually before that before that like how did you think about the brand of the space because again you've done you did such a really great job of curating sort of the 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 interior which i think actually one of one of the challenges i've seen with some folks in in what i could just call like the a frame space is they build these like beautiful a frame they look really 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 cool on the outside and then it's almost i don't know if they overspent on the outside i i don't really know the why but then you go inside and it kind of feels just like your run of the mill uh cabin right you you've done something totally different so how at what point in time did you think about sort of the 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 brand that you wanted to build around backcountry A-frame and and the interior. Sure, it really stems from Den's design. Like I wanted to do a justice. Mm. You know their renderings. It just was. It was just so stunning that I was like, you know, you you don't normally use. 
think of A-frames in that sense yeah. of, a, of a modern cabin. Yeah. And, you know, typically in Colorado here, <laughs> when you think of cabins, you think of bear yeah. themed <laughs> everything. Plaid, lots of plaid. <laughs> a lot of plaid, a lot of log, heavy log furniture. Mm. And I wanted to go the complete opposite. <laughs> And yeah, I mean, the the branding really stems from really what Den created. And I, I mean, I, when I say that it was such an inspiration, it was, you just, you think of A-frames and you think of dark and dreary. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I knew that their, their floor plan was going to be the complete opposite. Yeah. Wow. I mean, kudos, kudos then to, to, to those designs. That's, that's remarkable. Um, what, what can you tell us about what this all costs? Like, how did you, how did you, again, you've got your, your financial background here. So how did you, how did you price this out? Like at the end of the day, was this way over budget? Was this pretty on budget? Was this below budget? Like how, how did you think about, I wish it was below budget. (laughs) Don't we all? (laughs) It never is below budget. Yeah. But, um, you know, we went into it with, okay, this is about how much it should cost price yeah. per square foot and builders hate, hate that, that metric okay, because there's just way too many variables, but you do have to go in at that angle just because you have to get a ballpark. Yeah. yeah. You have to get a ballpark of can we afford to to build this? Yeah. Um, backing into it by using that metric. So, you know, going into it, we we were figuring, okay, maybe this is going to be two hundred to two hundred fifty per square foot to build. Yep. And when I say that, um, a lot of people have there's no comparison. Yeah. That's why builders don't like it yeah. because some builders will throw a number out there. They might say it's $150,000 per square foot to, or $150 per, yeah. per square foot to yeah. build. Right. But that doesn't include the infrastructure. They leave out specific line items because those line items are the biggest variables and they are, depending on the builder, he might see it as it's not the vertical build price. Mm -mm. And when I say vertical build price, that's only the the things associated with the actual framing and beyond. So like not the foundation, for instance. Sometimes not even the foundation, for instance. So you do have to get really detailed when you speak to a builder, when you call them up and say, hey, how much is it? What's the price per square foot if I'm going with um, let's just say builder grade finishes. Yeah. So builder grade finishes. And again, you'd have to define that. What are your builder grade finishes? Are they carpet, um, formica countertops, yeah. basic tile that, that more than likely is what builder finishes are. Then you have, you know, maybe they might call it option A, B, and C good, better, best. Yeah. <laughs> you have builder, good, better, best. <laughs> so Um, you might say, Hey, I'm going to choose top of the line, everything just so that I'm super conservative and crunching my numbers. What does that look like? Yeah. I want, you know, um, great marble, um, 
hardwood floors, yep. you know, all of that. Yeah. And um, that might help you give them give a better direction or even they can say, okay, here's a good, better, best scenario. Yeah. And you can go from there. And and what, what's so funny about you, even that, right? Even the good, better, best is like, it's also so like relative, right? Depending on who you're talking right. to is like, exactly. well, what is your good? <laughs> is your good, you know, right. my, my best or, uh, you know, or, or, or not quite, you know? Um, so. Right. Yeah. yeah Cause you might have sham. What's that saying? Caviar taste on a. Yeah. Yeah. Tuna budget. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, I feel like that's, so, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. you're speaking and my so language then, here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I knew going in because I'm like, okay, well, I, I know that I have a hard stop with my budget and I can't over design because yep. really the A-frame in and of itself for the area is somewhat over designed. I will say when, hmm. and I, when I say over design, that basically means, um, but you you see in the area a lot of just very traditional looking homes. Yeah. Throw a few log cabins in there, but very modest and conservative sized. A lot of these are vacation homes. Some people do use these as more of a retirement home. Okay. And um, so they're very conservatively sized and there's just nothing over the top. Yeah. So you see something with high design in that area. You may not recoup some of what it takes to, to build it to high design. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. And, and, and one, one way to, of looking at this is like, oh, isn't that like a big unique value proposition then? Because if I'm looking to go to this area and there's nothing else that quite looks like yours, won't I just book yours or, or like, I guess uh, unpack for yes, us a little bit about, from like, a, yeah. Why, why? Yeah. From a standpoint of high design, there's almost, it's, it's an intangible, asset I, yeah. or, you know, there, you just, there's no price point for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, the appraiser didn't look at it from a point of view of high design. Sure. Got they it. looked at it from a point of view of new construction. Mm. doesn't matter if it was an A-frame or if it was just a scanning, a Scandinavian modern cabin. Yeah. They did not care about that. So that's where you, you do have to study your market and because you're going to be compared with everything else, you're going to be lumped into it. Yeah. Where where the high design does pay off, from what I am seeing, is that it's getting bookings. Yeah. Yeah. And in theory, you can charge more of a premium because of that, right? You can charge, yep. yes, a premium because of that. Correct. Yeah. So, and I mean, digging back into the numbers, COVID played a huge factor in it. Because by the time we broke ground, lumber prices were at the height of Jeez. where they were. They tripled. Wow. So wow. the lumber futures, they normally were at, gosh, I don't know. I I just know what the highest was at that point. It, it broke a thousand. Wow. So wow. if I think on average prior to COVID, it was maybe around 300 $300. I forget how they, they measure it, but it's like per linear for board foot or some, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but going from 300 to a thousand dollars more than tripling. Yeah. More than tripling it. So we were paying a premium for a lot of our materials. And then I was basically hoarding some of 
some materials at home. <laughs> Definitely hoarding hoarding um, sofas. We had an article sofa in our garage for months, um, just because I was so afraid that not that this stuff wasn't available, and yeah. it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. So things were coming in just, we would get one piece here, waiting for another piece for a couple of months. Um, same, same with our window package. That's why if you go onto the Instagram page early on, you see windows missing for quite a long time. Well, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, what we, a crazy, what a crazy time to like be building oh, yeah. anything new, but let alone like something unique that is also new. Right. Yep. And when you start your build process, you can't stop. (laughs) It doesn't matter if they say, oh, well, it's going to cost this much. Yeah. Because, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. You're you're basically on a mission to freaking finish the thing so you can start recouping some of these, you know, some of these costs. And so it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you wait for the price of lumber to, to go down, you might be waiting another year. Right. And then where are you at? Right. Right. So, um, exactly. It's it's all just a gamble. It's, it really is. Even, even when you approach it with all the diligence possible at the end of the day, there are just always going to be factors outside of your control. Um, and, 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 you know, which is why I think like this is, you know, these are, these are longer term investments. And I think one of, one of the things I like to, or I, I should say, I just get excited about when I hear folks like you, come onto this podcast and, and share a little bit of your, of your story is viewing, viewing this is not just a, a, a real estate investment, but is actually a, a hospitality business. I think even just that subtle mindset shift, right. Um, should, should give you sort of the creative freedom and liberties to find other ways, right. To help monetize the space or, or recoup your costs, right. Or, Hey, like you're, you're in the business of, of designing an exceptional, unforgettable experience for the people that are going to come stay in your home. That's very different than you th- trying to find somebody to rent like your, you know, your condo for 12 months or something like that. A hundred percent. Yeah. I led with, this is going to be something that I want to share yeah. an experience that, you know, I don't want to keep it to myself because it's just too good. <laughs> um, it's not my design. It's Den's design. I just, you know, reiterated a little bit to, to what I envisioned, but you know, I, we get people who say we drove by and it looks so gorgeous. And it's like, yeah, you know, it's why not share it with the world because at, it's at the end of the day, not, an A-frame isn't practical to live in. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. There's hardly any storage, yeah. but it's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's so true. That's so true. So, Janice. So, I didn't answer your question about the cost. Yes. No, I was I was I'm literally about to circle back. I was, I, was, I, I didn't know if we were going to go, if, you know, I wasn't sure if you were very artfully and craftfully avoiding that, but, but no, no, yeah. no. Tell me about I'm, the cost. I'm glad to share the cost. I'm very transparent about it because it's, it's just a very, um, it's elusive because yeah, no one is. can ever no one talks pinpoint. About it. Yeah. No one talks about it for some re- weird reason. And I just talk about it from my point of view. This is what it is. We spent more than what we anticipated, but you know, at the end of the day, if I could help someone make a decision or push forward with their dream, I want to share that. Yeah. So what we ended up paying for, and I'm going to just put it into just a lump sum yep. of inclusive of everything that it took to 
from the site preparation to the utilities coming onto the property and what you see today. Yep. Not and it excludes the land. Okay. So we spent three hundred and fifty thousand dollars for that build. Okay. Okay. And the variables there's the variables mainly being we had to drill a well. Yeah. Put in the well pump, put in a septic system, put in the driveway, and bring electric to the site. Yeah. Those are the uh, huge variables huge. that no yeah. one can really give you a price on. Um, but that's why land purchase is really, really important. Whenever people ask me, just like you really need to, everybody has this idyllic vision of being nestled in the forest somewhere. Trust me, I did too. But when the electric company came out and said, it's going to be this much to just get it to, I think, God, what was it? I had to back, walk back my driveway about a hundred feet. Wow. Wow. Because it was so expensive. Yeah. It's like, I really want to push it farther in. But, you know, at the end of the day, that actually saved me money because the driveway was shorter. And now I have to pay for uh, someone to plow the driveway. So I'm like, oh, thank goodness. It's a hundred <laughs> feet shorter because they, they would have charged me a premium to, to plow another hundred feet. Yeah. yeah. So 350,000 was the all for all construction. Yeah. Yeah. Last minute cancellations suck. And that's why we built Ping. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form and they will be pinged if the requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again, that's bnbping.com. What, what, how did that compare to sort of your initial expectation, Janice? Like going into this as you, once you had done some of your initial research um, and, and, and looking into this, was this like, a hundred thousand dollars over sort of what you were thinking, two hundred thousand dollars over oh, yeah. you were thinking. Like okay, okay. So it was about a hundred thousand more than you a hundred to a hundred and twenty thousand more than I thought. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's that is super helpful. I am so thankful for your your transparency here and your willingness to kind of think through this. I, I do think one of the, the the number one question I get and the number one piece of feedback I get from folks that listen to this podcast are always like Zach, how much did these people spend? Zach, how much did it actually take? Zach, are all these right. people, did they all just inherit money from like their family and they were able to do all this stuff? Like how the heck, you know, are these people able to build these like really remarkable spaces? What does it actually cost? So I just, I appreciate right. your transparency. It's super helpful for, for those tuning in. Yeah. I, so, I mean, there's a number of ways I, you could, you could get 
construction financing. And, um, but again, going back to knowing your market, they're going, they're going, the bank is going to say, well, our calculations and our um, desk appraisals show that it should only cost you $250 per square foot to build. Yeah. And that's what they're going to loan you is whatever your square footage is, you know, let's just say if it's, uh, well, our, our A-frame was a thousand square feet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So multiply that by 250. Yep. Maybe you're right in there. Maybe you can tweak your, your champagne caviar taste back down to the <laughs> tuna, tuna can budget and get in there. So, you know, then you take that number and then you go, okay, the bank's willing to lend me 75% of that. Yeah. Yeah. I have to come up with the rest as equity plus my, plus maybe the land cost. Yeah. Um, Cause they do factor that in their math will, will factor in, you know, if you own the land outright. So, um, you know, I always say that it's doable, but yeah. it's just a matter of um, finding the right builder who's willing to work with you and finding the right bank who, who sees the vision because they do see it as somewhat of a risk yeah. um, because it's non-existent. So of course it's done every single day. Yeah. And I know people, you know, are really intrigued by it, but just, you know, start looking at your market because there's definitely a need. And this is where again, you know, it with short-term rentals, you know, I, I know that a lot of people look at, look upon it negatively as taking inventory off of the market. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I believe in building because I didn't take anything off of the market yeah. to, to make it a short-term rental. I created something that wasn't there. Mm. So, you know, I, I do believe that short-term rental has impacted real estate on some level. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Right. But at at the same time, we are employing people in areas that typically need more jobs created. And and you're bringing people who might not have gone to that particular area. Yeah. Yeah, Tourism tourism to local towns. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's, you know, it's, there's both ways of looking at it. So that's how I justify, you know, what I'm doing is, I am creating jobs. I am bringing tourism into the area. Yeah, I I love I love the perspective, and I also just want to quickly circle back on what I think one of the the strong narrative narratives out there right now too is hey go find like a market right where there isn't something like you know the back country a frame that's been you know to use your words over designed but like these beautiful designed a frame go find a place where you as you're scrolling through airbnb like none of that exists right and and to your point which which i'm so glad you brought up that absolutely could be a really great strategy but just be prepared when you go to finance it right and and go to talk to a bank that like it's it's likely not to appraise if there is nothing you know at the same in, in the same way if there's nothing else similar to it in the market so it's sort of right. like this this blessing and a curse right where it's like right oh well there's nothing here this is a huge opportunity oh but in order to finance this right the the bank's only you know willing to give us 75% of what we need to do it the way that we want to do it great that just means that as you mentioned you've got to you've got to be comfortable coming up with that other 25% yourself so i love that as just a, a reminder to folks of like 
you know, a, a trade-off when you are building something brand new in a space that is truly unique. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be able to finance it quite the way that you might expect. Right, in the traditional sense. Yeah. But if you are putting it on Airbnb, you are in a blue ocean that you've created a unique stay. Yep. So you can charge a little bit more or a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, my, I, last question for you, Janice. On, on that note, too, like how how did you figure out like what your nightly rate should be? Like were you just – did you use a tool? Were you just kind of scrolling through Airbnb? Like how did you kind of come up with your, your, um, your first kind of uh, nightly rate? I, I did base it on what currently – people were marketing for that area. And there's not very many yeah. short-term rentals in that area. Um, so I still had to be somewhat uh, conservative with my numbers because again, I am drawing people into that area. There's not, there's not really a tourism market in that immediate area. Yeah. We are surrounded by national forest uh, Steamboat Steamboat Springs is about 45 minutes to an hour away. Um, that's a, a, a huge ski resort area. And okay. then Rocky Mountain National Park is about, same, 45 minutes away. So it's not, you know, people aren't really coming into the area for anything specific. Yep. But, yep. you know, there is a little bit of a golden triangle, so to speak, with those with those two resort uh, tourism markets that will people will say no i'm willing to to make the drive and stay in in this place yeah cool place peaceful area and those will be just day trips yep that's how they come that's why they come in and sometimes people don't leave actually (laughs) which is you know i i'm that's really why i want how i wanted to experience it yeah yeah oh gosh janice this has been incredible i i'm just like so thankful for you and um your your story and and really just imparting a lot of wisdom um um you know uh, during during our chat just now if if folks want to learn more and they want to they want to ask you some additional questions like what what is the best way for them to reach out sure well i'm on instagram mostly backcountry a frame and um i did ha- i do have another spinoff account on instagram because people are asking uh it the handle there is uncommon developer and that's where i share a lot more information on the build process because sometimes people who are looking at backcountry a frame they just want to know they just want to see the house yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah you can reach me at either either of those places so sorry, I have to ask. Is so is uncommon developer? Is this is this a, a new business that you're that you're spinning up, or is this is this your? Yeah, the for the it? most part, okay. I, it's it's going to be something that I, you know I I'm going to share the case study of backcountry a frame. Wow. Um, deep dive into the numbers, deep dive into um, the build process, and share certain aspects of it, like. How do I find a piece of land? Yeah. That's the number one question. Besides, how much did it cost? Yeah, yeah. Those two are the top questions. So, like I said, that we I get a lot of those same questions, and I'm I'm thinking, okay, where can I share this in a central location? 
Yeah. So that's, yeah, I'm, it's somewhat of a soft launch. I don't, I'm not sure a hundred percent yet right now. I'm just giving out free information. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love and, it. um, yeah, it's going to potentially spin off into consulting. So, cause people have asked about that as well. Ah, I, I love the name, by the way. Very, very great name. Uncommon developer. That's cool. Thank um, you. I know. I just woke up one day. I'm like, okay, I am kind of an uncommon developer. It's, it's wonderful. It's it's a perfect brand um, that you can do a lot with. Well, hey, folks, go and follow Uncommon Developer. Go and follow Backcountry A-Frame. And again, if you have any questions for Janice, uh, you know, of course, please, please reach out to her. Janice, I'm just super, super great, uh, grateful for your time, for your expertise. Thanks for coming on and sharing a little bit of your story with us. Thank you for having me, Zach. It was a it was a great time. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach Z-A-C-H at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at Spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're gonna roll with it. Subscribe um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone, see you next time.